Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Oh my god. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centerizebury.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go blues. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a Donnie Brook. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilcorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 27 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the often imitated but never duplicated. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped.com, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And by RockinThatIDLife.com, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. And by CenterIceBrewery.com, St. Louis's first and only hockey-themed brewery. We are broadcasting live on St. Patrick's Day, March 17, 2021. This is a franchise episode number 293 all-time. It's our pregame show for the Blues and Kings coming up later this evening at 9 o'clock. Uh, your hosts tonight are usually... Curtis O'Price, Billy O'Day, and Jeffrey O'Ponder. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Yeah, that was clever, huh? See what I did? It, it makes us sound like we're Irish. I like that. <laughs> that, that I've never heard that before. <laughs> Very unique and, on this show. And for at least one of us, it's factually accurate. That is true. I, <laughs> way, back in, way back in family history, it was O'Day. Way back in the day, it was O'Day. Yes. So your initials could have been B O D Bod. Bill the Bod Day. Yes. Yes. Could have been. Uh, to interrupt yeah, with I'll lay off the other one, uh, the other nickname that has come off my name. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that one's that is, that is long lived. Uh, to, interact, to interact with the show on social media, we're all over the place on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do a search for us. Let's go, Blues Radio. If you can listen to a podcast, I'm sure you can certainly search the internet. Uh, we're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't already done so, uh, please subscribe to the show. Smash that bell and you'll get notifications when we do go live. Uh, a few announcements uh, before we get rolling here. Uh, uh, 19-year-old Russian hockey player, Timur, and I'm going to botch this name. I haven't heard anybody pronounce it yet. Timur Fezutnov. Just That's close enough, right? 
Vazutnov, mm-hmm. uh, passed away after being hit in the head by a puck. Uh, this The play happened on Friday during a playoff game between his uh, Dynamo St. Petersburg Juniors team in the MHK, which uh, he was just named captain earlier that year before the season started, uh, versus Loko Yaroslav. Uh, it was a uh, flukish dump-in type play that uh, the puck just caught him in the head. He was uh, rushed to the hospital where he passed away Tuesday, which was yesterday. So uh, awful story. Uh, hockey players are family, and this just feels like a distant relative has passed away when this kind of thing happens. Um, so uh, our hearts go out to his family, friends, and uh, teammates. Jeff, you were on the Puck Podcast. Yeah, yeah, and of course we've we've mentioned on the show before. So I'm surprised we haven't had him on this uh, season. Them being Kings and Ducks guys, and us being in the same division this year. But uh, yeah, Puck Podcast. Uh, I was on, talked about the Bennington contract, which we'll get to on this show as well. But uh, also talked about the injuries with the Blues and kind of Blues fans' reactions to playing in the West Division. I'm sorry, the Honda West Division. Uh, and because um, that's that's uh, we're paid by Honda to say that. I don't know if everybody knows that, um, <laughs> but actually everyone is. Uh, every time you say Honda West, uh, you get a check in the mail for a cent. So keep that in mind. Honda everybody. West, Honda West, Honda West. Yep. Uh, so anyway, no, it's, it's brought to you by. That's exactly. It. I was thinking about idiocracy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, it was, it's, it's always a lot of fun talking to Eddie and Doug, uh, the best at large hockey podcast. I think there is, it's a long runtime show, but I'm about halfway through in there somewhere. If, uh, if you just want to t- tune in for the blues content, uh, have you checked out our uh, discord server yet? It's at, you can get information at let's go blues.com slash discord D I S C O R D. We do uh, periodic post-game and post-show chats in there. Voice chats, too, not just uh, text chats. So, uh, And, uh, you know, we might be in there during uh, tonight's game. Uh, so uh, stop in in, uh, in the voice chat channel. We might ju- maybe during actual play. Who knows? Just check it out. Uh, maybe in between periods, too. Uh, the official beers of episode number 293. After we do the beers, we'll, we have a guest this evening. We have uh, Hart Levine from uh, Puckpedia.com. Uh, Twitter handle at Puckpedia, so we can we're going to talk some salary cap talk about the current blue situation, LTIR, IR situation, and some other questions we got for him. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, official beers of episode number two ninety three. Uh, you can follow us each on the Untapped app. My handle is at cprice twelve. Jeff's is at jponder ninety four. Bill's is believe blue note thirty three. Uh, Bill, what do you have, sir? Um. Going back with the sponsors' beer this week, American Pale Ale 004 from Center Ice Brewery. Um, it's, this is a, a nice, a nice citrusy IPA. Um, it's it's no Irish stout. Um, I actually did not have uh, any uh, Guinness on hand, but uh, I'll probably I'll probably do a coffee stout later tonight just to do it partially right. But Center Ice Pale Ale 004, love it. And uh, Jeff, what do you have? Well, out of my Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody, uh, another excuse for everybody to drink, of course, out of my St. Louis Blues Jameson cup glass. I always say cup. Um, I'm drinking, it's not an Irish beer. We'll let, we'll leave that one to Kurt. Uh, I'm drinking Hogarden. Uh, oh, let me move that over. There we go. Uh, I love Hogarden. Hogarden's great. 
What? No, no, I, I, I just. Are you gonna make a World War II joke? No, 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 no. no. I have strong. <laughs> it, I, I saw you hold the breath. I'm like, oh my god. I have strong feelings about Hogarden. <laughs> oh yeah, what I is really it? Do. Um, to now, this is said with to each their own with beer. I mean, there's a people like a wide variety of things. Um, I am not, and since they're not a sponsor of the show, I can say this. <laughs> I hate Hogarden. <laughs> Really? I do. I do. I do. It is it is uh I the first time I had it was at ITAP in uh Central West End. I was there. I think it was part of a bachelor party. Bill, I think you were there. Was it Lana's bachelor party? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And uh Schmieder and I walked in and, and a waitress came up to us and it was really packed crowded and she goes, What can I get you guys? And Schmieder goes, What do you recommend? And she goes, What do you like? And uh, I said, eh, I feel like a wheat beer. She goes, okay, Hogarden. All right, never had it before. She brings it out. Worst beer I've had in my life. Next to the ESB. From Whoa! <laughs> Man! But, okay. I like Hogarden. Uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you do. And obviously people do because they make it, and they made it for a long time. But I just, it personally, for me personally, I'll say, I, it just was not my thing at all. So I'm glad you like it. <laughs> what, what do you like about it, Jeff? <laughs> I just like the uh, – it's very smooth, very vanilla-y. I, uh, I like the taste personally. Uh, Bill, you're the tiebreaker. What do you think of Hogarden? Um, I – after Kurt's experience, I never decided to try it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking – I'm thinking that that recommendation um, may have been them trying to get rid of it. <laughs> and, uh, Maybe. It was a little old. You know, yeah. I, I – Surprising. I like Hogarden. Tell you what, next time I come over, Bill, I'm going to bring you on over and you can try it. All right. All right. Maybe, and I'll do the official tiebreaker. Maybe it was horribly – it just tasted horribly skunky to me. And maybe it was just a bad – I don't know, bad pour. But skunky? Man, I don't get skunky from this at all. You know what? You know what? You know who I gave my beer to, Jeff? Uh, Bill? I gave it to Jeff. So Jeff was with us, and he – he was still drinking at the time, and uh, he was, "I'll take it." <laughs> so I gave it to him, and he drank. You, you guys need to yeah. clarify more that we're not talking about my, me, yeah, right? My cousin Jeff. Sorry, Price. Yeah, cousin Jeff. I can't say, yes, I can't say Price. Right. It, right. You can't say Price, and you can't say Jeff P. No, you you it could you could say right. Jeff Price. I could <laughs> Jeff Price. Well, that sounds weird. I give it like like I don't know him. It's my right. I don't know. I, I I guess like Rich Sutter, Ron Sutter, and the Blues in the days. They had the whole name on the back of the jersey. Same kind of thing. All right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't mean to diss on your beer. It's just I'm sure I like some beers that you can't stand either. But it was just it was funny you hold it up and I. I was, oh my gosh, I have strong feelings. Wow. About beer. Yeah. No. Like, maybe I'll maybe I'll make you at least try it again. Maybe out of the bottle. I, I don't know to. what it is. Maybe you had a bad pour. I would love to try it. Again, uh, actually, yeah. I would. Next, I next time we're together, I'll I'll bring some I'll bring some old garden over. <laughs> All right. All right. Mine is uh, I've got I've got some green beer tonight. I, but it, it didn't come this way, um, and it's not old. It is a uh, center ice. It, it is a. Uh, it came out of it's this the center ice uh, breweries old arena lager. I had this last week, and I'm uh, polishing off the uh, growler that I got from them. So I'm gonna have this tonight, and I added some green to it because you know it's St. Patrick's Day. And for those on the podcast that are listening audio only, I'm sorry you can't see it, but it's it's quite green. Yeah, it's actually uh, kale. It's grounded up kale. That's <laughs> right. what uh, Kurt put in it. We should talk. We should talk to Steve Albers, uh, owner of Sunrise Brewery, and say, "Hey, have you tried kale beer?" Oh that God, beer. that sounds awful. It does sound terrible. Woo. <laughs> have you tried? Ooh. You know the stuff they used to put around salad bars back in the day before people started eating it. 
you know, that stuff. <laughs> Put that in well. here. <laughs> that's true. Did you know that? That's where that's kale was. That's the, the green stuff around salad bars like back in the 80s. That was all kale. Huh. Did I didn't that? know that. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. So, so they say. What are you going to do? Yeah, I did not know that I, either. But I mean, it's, it's, I, 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 they could be wrong, that's, but that's what I've heard them say. Whew. Um, let's see. We have a guest this show, Mr. Uh, Hart. Well, what? Yeah, as I said, while you're introducing him, I can oh. kind of give a better introduction, I guess. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, because I, I know, well, I'm saying... I'm saying because you got to build the stage. You got to, you know, done. you're the one in charge done. of the production. All right, done. The stage is built. All right, well, go then, well then go ahead, no, smart no. guy. Go no, ahead, smart guy. Just, no, you you go right ahead, <laughs> uh, Mister. I, I I misspelled his name earlier, so I <laughs> on Twitter. So uh, I, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'll pass the buck. Go right ahead. But you actually did pronounce his name correctly. It is uh, Hart Levine. Yes. I did have to ask that, and you didn't ask that. You just knew. You're a smart guy. I actually did some research. Uh, and I, I, I I listened to another podcast. He was on part of it. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was on YouTube. And I heard that guy pronounce his name this way, so I decided to copy it. I figured it was right. So uh, this, he is the founder of Puckpedia.com. <laughs> And uh, again, a big thanks to Hard. Hard, you there? You uh, join the show? I'm here. I actually like Ho Garden. Uh, does that count oh, for anything? You know yes. So there, there you go. I'm still in my fridge right now, actually. <laughs> Maybe I just got like a really bad pour or something. I don't know. It was. I, I'm gonna. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll try to get. Yeah, Brian Roberts yeah, in the should. in the YouTube chat said, uh, "Never ask a waitress or a bartender what they recommend because it's what they can't sell that you get." You know what? And that might be the case. That was Chris <laughs> that did that. Chris did that. So I, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, uh, Hart, thanks again for joining the show. Uh, this and for anyone who listened to last week's show, uh, this uh, having, having Hart on, which he was uh, actually, uh, he was what's the word I'm looking for? We, we asked around and, and said, Hey, people said, Hey, ask the Puckpedia guy. That guy knows oh, wow. all about the salary cap. And, and I've, I've been to your site many times. I know it very well. So you came highly recommended. That's the word I'm looking for. Wow. High expectations. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> of course. Um, so let me go ahead and ask what is for anybody who's never been there. What is Puckpedia.com? Well, it's the one-stop shop for all your hockey info. It's uh, all the salary cap um, info that you need, player contracts. Um, so you can see all the salary cap calculations. And then there's both uh, basic stats, advanced stats, uh, transaction news, injury news and statuses. And uh, I think the only site that has all the agent information. So you can see all the agents um, with who their client lists are and all the agents ranked by the money that they have under contract, under management. So... Um, and then there's also a bunch of cool interactive tools like a player dashboard where you can sort and filter by a whole bunch of criteria like stats or contract info. And uh, the MyPuckpedia GM mode where you could basically have your own version of a salary cap site and make all the transactions that you want and see how it impacts all the teams. Before you get into some more questions, or if I, I wanted to follow up on something real quick here, which I know we talked about we weren't going to do, but I want to do it anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so you, you mentioned all this, all this stuff that all this site, that this site has on it, which is all a bunch of fantastic information. And surely, surely this is not just a guy or two 
adding this information? Is it, or is it, is it, does it, it pulls dynamically or from somewhere or is it autom automated or, or is it like a, a, a manual kind of thing? There's uh there's some automation and there's some, it's like the conveyor belt with the, the chocolate store trying to keep up with everything. <laughs> okay. um, so right. now there's, there's myself and I've got a, a one person that helps a lot with some of the data entry and uh, yeah, uh, if, it, if it seems like there's a whole team, then that's a big compliment because no, it's I really uh yeah, it's yeah. it's awesome. And we have some we have some data that pulls in, but a lot of it is manual too, unfortunately. That's, that's cool. I mean, it's a ton of information, so that's that's impressive. Yeah, oh, and thanks. Again, Appreciate uh, that. Team highly recommended from people that work in the NHL. Well, I'm not in, not paid by the NHL, but within the NHL media, you came recommended. So definitely, uh, high praise for you and and anybody who is interested in contracts, salary cap, anything like that. Um, make sure uh, you check out puckpedia.com. Uh, but uh, want to get into the discussion that we had from last week, and that is uh, uh, we were talking about Tyler Bozak being put on long-term injury reserve, which is where this interview stems from. Uh, they just, well, they, they had him on long-term injury reserve. Then there was talk about, you know, what are they, why don't they have Colton Pareko on there? And so there was a lot of discussion that we didn't have the answers to. So we thought uh, we got to get an expert on here. So welcome, Hart, to the show. Uh, so I want to ask you the first question that we kind of had regarding the conversation we had last week. Uh, the Blues waited a while uh, to put Tyler Bozak on long-term injury reserve. Why would a team do that? If you know it's going to be a while, why not put somebody on long-term injury, injury reserve right when you know that they're going to probably end up there anyway? Um, yeah, so it's a good question. I guess let's first specify like a team like the Blues that's already on, like already using LTIR because of uh, Steen and, and other guys. That that's We'll talk about that. It would be different if a, a team would definitely want to wait as long as possible to put like their first guy on LTIR. But when we're in a situation like the Blues, um, there's the really the only reason to wait is if you're just not sure if um, he's going to need to be out that long. So to put a player on LTIR, they have to miss 10 games, 24 days. And so if you're just not sure if he's going to uh, need to be out that long, you wait a while because you can always um, put him on, ret put the player on retroactively. Like with Pareko, who just went on, he he'll, he'll be on retroactively to when he first got hurt so he's already eligible to come off now um that's really the the only main reason if you're already using ltir why you would wait to put another player on um and maybe we'll touch on this uh as we get going here but like the salary cap normally for non-ltir teams it's all based on how many days the players on the roster and everything's prorated and that there's a term called cap space accruing so you if you don't use space Today, you can, it's actually worth more later because there's less in the season. But when you're in LTIR, like, it's almost like time stops. There's no such thing as accruing. And everything is just kind of looked at um, with the player's annual cap at how much your LTIR pool is. It's kind of an annual number. And so, again, there's not really any impact to time. It's like what happens one day doesn't impact a future day at all or a past day um, when you're in LTIR. So, again, there's really no reason to wait to put someone on um, if you're already into the into LTIR um, unless, uh, again, you're not sure yet if the guy's going to be out long enough to, to have him tied up for all that time. 
So um, I want to, and also I want to add to our listeners listening live right now uh, that you can uh, message us on uh, YouTube, put it in the D, in the messages there, or on Facebook if you have questions for Hart. Uh, we're we're going to have him on here for about the next ten to fifteen minutes, um, and I'm sure he'll be happy to answer any questions people might have. Uh, and if you're on Twitter, obviously you can tweet us as well if you're listening live and don't want to partake in those crazy chats that we have on a. Uh, YouTube and Facebook. Uh, but uh, is there a limit to the number of players that you can have on long-term injury reserve, Art? Nope. That, that's an easy one. Nope. You can, <laughs> I mean, you could have really expensive guys. You could have not as expensive guys, but there's no limit. You just have to be compliant with the salary cap. So you have to, you know, you have to have enough LTIR pool to support all those guys and players and, and how much are over, but there's no restriction on how many players or how much dollars you can be for LTIR. So what's the difference between, you know, we, we talk about, uh, obviously with the Blues, have a lot of situations here with guys on IR, guys on long-term injury reserve. And obviously, you know, you mentioned the, the games that, you know, if you're going to be on for 10 games played, then then you go on long-term. But but in just uh, in a nutshell, for anybody who may not know, uh, what is the difference between long-term injury reserve and injury reserve uh, in terms of the salary cap? So in both cases, the players continue to count against the salary cap. So that's a misconception. People think like injured players don't count against the cap, whether you're on uh, regular injured reserve or long-term injured reserve, you always count against the salary cap. Um, so that's what's the same. One difference is on IR, you have to miss seven days. So again, um, you could, they could put players on retroactive to when they got hurt. But if you go on IR, you have to miss seven days. So sometimes if a guy gets a little bump or bruise, um, they won't put him on IR because he might not need to miss seven games. Or LTIR, you have to miss 10 games or 24 days. Um, so much, much longer period of time. Those are... that Okay, that's, so that's from like the time perspective. Uh, both, of, both of them, like I mentioned, you... You count against the salary cap, but you don't count towards the 23-player uh, maximum roster size. Um, so that's that's another consideration. And then in terms of the salary cap, so while they both count against the cap, if you're on long-term injured reserve, you have the opportunity then to potentially exceed the salary cap. And that's when we get into all the complicated LTIR rules. But basically, if you have players on LTIR, you are then permitted to exceed the salary cap by a certain amount. And you know, the, the the short answer is how much you can exceed the cap is basically the player's cap hit uh, minus how much cap space you had when the player uh, first went on, when, when you first went on to LTIR. So let's say um, a team had like $100,000 of cap space, then they put a $5 million player on LTIR. Now they can exceed the salary cap by $4.9 million. Um, that's when you first set your LTIR pool. That's how it works. Um and uh, yeah, so that that's basically it. Like, uh, I guess the other difference is when so when you're using LTIR and over the cap, like I mentioned, cap space is not a crew. So again, you normally hear about how like later in the year it's easier to for teams to acquire a player because um, you know at the trade deadline there's roughly like 25% of the year left. So if you're gonna normally if you're gonna add a player um, to your team, you only have to have room to cover like the 25% of their cap hit because it's based on how many days are on your roster. But when you're in LTIR, that whole calculation and, and formula and prorating uh, doesn't exist anymore. It's all just based on, you know, if you can exceed the salary cap by 5 million, you just have to look at the you're annual cap hit of the roster on that day. And you compare that to how much you're allowed to exceed the cap. And it's just basically a day by day basis. And if you 
don't use some of your space in one day, it doesn't accrue. You can't save it for another day. So it's like a use it or lose it every day when you're in LTIR. So we could get into more of the weeds, but I think that's a, a kind of the high-level summary of how it works. So uh, in terms of uh, long-term uh, injury relief, uh, long-term injuries or relief that you talked about, um, obviously we've we've heard stories. Obviously the Blackhawks come to mind with the Patrick Kane situation a couple of years ago when they went for the cup. But um, do you is that something that we see every year that that maybe just isn't uh, referenced as much because? Uh, you know, again, Patrick Kane was a was a superstar player that was put on LTIR, but then was ready for the first round, and they were able to get guys at the trade deadline. But is that something that you see teams take advantage of every year towards the end of the season? I mean, what well, we saw this year, I guess, uh, Tampa with Kucherov, we see it sometimes, but you know, people you hear people complain that it's cap circumvention or something, or it's not fair. But, I mean, like, Chicago didn't get Patrick Kane for all those games, right? Tampa doesn't get Nikita Kucherov. That seems like a pretty big trade-off to get some more cap space. So, so yeah, there's a, a benefit if the player's going to be on LTR till the end of the year. But, again, you, if it's a good player, you're missing that guy. Um, and, yeah, there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So, that's why... Uh, it's a it kind of, it's a kind of a big deal if the player is available all of a sudden for the playoffs because now there's no salary cap. It doesn't matter that he's he's healthy. Um, but really, like there there would be no if a team is pretty tight to the salary cap, there'd really be no point to bring a guy off, especially like a high um, price guy off LTR kind of towards the end of the year because it's really it's you know if you've been using that space it's really hard to then get back under the cap and get compliant like in our example if you can go over the cap by 4.9 million and you're using it like so you're 4.9 over the cap all year and then all of a sudden that healthy that guy becomes healthy with like a week left in the season and you have to drop 4.9 of annual cap it off your salary or off your salary cap less like how could you possibly do that so you know that's why it's really important for teams to know if a player is going to be out for the whole year um, because then it allows the team to kind of like to actually use all that that LTR space and actually exceed the cap by their by how much um, pool they get from from that player being out. Because if a if a player is only going to be out for part of the year, then you can't really use that space much. Because once they're off, once they're healthy, you're going to have to get back under. So it's really so if a player is only going to be out for part of the year, it's really only helpful to like exceed the cap by a million or two, which is basically just carrying a couple extra guys. Um, to fill their spot on the roster, but if you know a guy's going to be coming back partway through the year, it's it's almost it's pretty rare to like basically use all of their LTIR pool. Then they come back, and you're going to have to frantically make a bunch of trades or or make some move to try to get back under the cap. So that's pretty hard. Uh, so one more question from us, and again, uh, listeners, if you have anything you want to add, uh, make sure you jump into uh, YouTube or Facebook or Twitter and let us know, and we'll be glad to add heart before we let them go. But uh, uh, what happens if a player comes off long-term injury reserve and the team is at the cap? Is there a grace period? Like, let's say they pull a guy off long-term injury reserve, and then there's a... Uh, uh, they're you know they're over the cap. Is there a week period or a, a 48 hours or anything like that, or is it you pulled this guy off long-term injury reserve? You have to be cap compliant right away. Correct. Yeah. There's no no special. Once you're out of LTR, you have to be you have to be within the salary cap. Just like you know when you're in LTR, you have to be cap compliant with the LTR rules. And this is a question I get. You know, on the website we have an Ask the Capologist section where people submit questions. I, I probably get this question every week. Like, what happens if a team is not cap compliant? Well, it's impossible. A, a team must be cap compliant at all times. If a 
team tried to make a move that would make them not compliant, the NHL would not allow that move and they wouldn't be allowed to play or anything. So it's not like there's a penalty or anything. It's just, it's, it's like literally not allowed. So if a team had a player that um, was ready to come off LTR and was like medically cleared and, and the team didn't have space, the, the team would have to make moves. The, the league would make them make moves or I guess maybe you have to forfeit a game or something like you wouldn't be allowed to play if your guy is medically cleared um, and you're not, be, be able you're not able to get under the the cap um as a result so i mean in in practice i mean i'm sure there's times where maybe a guy's pretty much ready but they just wait a little bit to kind of go through that medical clearance and and get that official status while they make some some moves but um yeah i guess the 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 long answer to your short question was no you you get no grace period man that's uh that's kind of interesting because you think like you said forfeit a game could you imagine guys if uh, if the NHL was like, you can't play tonight because you are over the cap. Sorry, that's crazy. But if you look at if you look actually yesterday with Vegas, so they had Leonard on LTIR, um, and so they were a couple million over the cap, um, which they were allowed to be. He was activated, and so they made like four or five roster moves yesterday, sending a bunch of guys down, and they got their. They got so that the the annual capita of the roster yesterday was eighty one point four seven five million, so twenty five grand under the eighty one point five million cap. So that's what you have to do when you're completely out of LTIR now. Like the Blues don't have to worry about getting all the way under like the eighty one and a half because they you know they're gonna be on be in LTIR all year like with Steen. So they just always have to be. Uh, they can't be over the cap by more than the total of the LTIR guys that they have. And so I think that's why the timing of. Um, Pareko and Bozak was kind of at the same time um, because they're just like swapping those guys out. You didn't have to like get down a bunch under the cap. Um, that's, that's all I had for you, Bill, Kurt, you guys have anything to add for, uh, for Hart before we let him go? Uh, I was going to, I mean, he, I think he answered my immediate question that I was, that I had when he mentioned about uh, when you talked about uh, having to forfeit a game, if you're over the cap, surely there would be like a last minute kind of a, uh, like if a team had to get like if they're over the cap for whatever reason at say right before game time and they say okay we're going to put so and so on uh IR or LTIR or whatever uh to clear some, to get some cap space how how quickly does that work like it, can they like half an hour before game time can they say okay this person's on LTIR uh and is that instantaneous i assume there's some kind of paperwork that they fill out or yeah i mean typically the yeah typically the official sort of day for cap counting starts at 5 p.m eastern but there are exceptions yeah so if a guy let's say got i don't know like had some horrific injury in warm-up and you knew he was going to be out and that was the only and you needed to call a guy from the taxi squad i guess they would let you put him on ltir the 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 main way around kind of what you're talking about is there there are emergency um call-up rules and so let's say a team um, didn't have cap space to call up players. So someone gets hurt, they finish the game, and then they don't have cap space to call up a player. That's when the emergency uh, exception rules come into play. And before this year, it had only happened like a couple of times. This year, it's been happening every day. But the way it works is if it's... So let's just talk about non-COVID-related. 
if it if if you have an injury and then you don't have enough cap space to call somebody up, you would have to play one game shorthanded with less than um, twelve forwards and six defensemen. If you play a game one game shorthanded, then you're allowed to call up guys with if they have a cap hit under one million dollars, and they won't count against the cap. So we've seen a number of teams do that this year that have been uh, right up, like Washington, for example. They they maxed out their LTR space. They had guys get hurt. Um, and they were allowed to call guys up with a million-dollar cap hit or less, and they did not count. The, uh, what's special for this year is they actually let it be a, a million or less. Normally, it's the minimum salary plus a hundred grand, which is like uh, eight hundred grand. Um, but this year, it's um, it's a million dollars. They raise it, and they also made another exception for COVID. If you have a player that's out because of COVID protocol, like whether it's the the tracing or or they actually test positive, then you don't have to play the one game shorthanded. You can then just call guys up with a million dollar or less cap hit and they won't count against the cap. So again, there's teams that have been doing a lot of that. And the other um, special one is for goalies. There's no, obviously they don't make you play a, um, a game short with a goalie. So if a player gets hurt in warmups, you could call up your goalie from the taxi squad and they won't count against the cap if you don't have cap space. So there are some definite exceptions. Like it, it'd be rare that a team like, um, is not cap compliant because of a new injury, right? It would normally be like you're cap compliant and then someone gets hurt. And then now you don't have the room to call up a player and uh, to replace them. And that's where these exception rules come in. But again, if it's not COVID related, you do have to play. Um, and if it's a skater that you're missing, you do have to play one game shorthanded. And there's been um, a team or two that have already, I think Vegas did that once earlier this year. There's been some teams that had to do that. Um, and in the past we've seen it, but it's just like once every couple of years this year, it's like every day happening. So uh, I want to ask real quick, uh, we got a question in our Facebook chat, and I think this is one actually the host of Let's Go Blues Radio could answer, but um, we'll get backed up here by heart to make sure we're correct. Uh, will this year's loss of revenue affect next year's cap? Uh, that's from our friend Sean over in the Facebook chat. Guys, I believe it was announced that this was a uh, this is a flat cap going into next year again, right? Is that is that correct? Yeah, so the... It's basically because of last year and this year. So the, the, the players are entitled to 50% of revenues, right? Well, the players are getting their full, pretty much their full paychecks. With the, you know, we could talk about the deferrals, but basically almost their full paycheck. But the revenue is like, you know, maybe half of what it was supposed to be. So there's this, there's this huge pool of money that, that players basically owe the owners now um, because they've been, they over because of last year and this year, they've received way more than 50%. And in the new um, CBA agreement and in the transition rules, the, the deal is basically the players can work it off. So they're going to keep the cap uh, basically flat until that money that the players owe the owners is, is caught up. And so the way that would happen is revenues will increase um, and if it was just looking at it a year at a time, then you may increase the cap, but they're going to keep it flat until that money is made up. And the way things were looking there for a while, it seemed like it's going to take maybe seven or eight years for the players to make that up, meaning the, the cap would be flat or maybe only go up like a million or so for the full seven or eight years. But the big news from last week um, with the new deal with ESPN, and we'll have to wait till the rest of the U.S. deal is signed to see the full money. But that, because they're going to get a lot more money from TV, now I think, you know, we have to, again, we'll have to wait for the second um, U.S. deal to come through. But it looks like the cap is maybe now going to be flat for just three or four years, as opposed to the full seven or eight years. Of course, things can change if, you know, next year there's huge, you know, all the buildings are sold out, huge merchandise sales, huge advertising 
increases um, for the corporate sponsors. Maybe maybe they can kind of work through that money owing faster if, if revenues catch up faster. But you know, the basic guess right now would be it's going to be three or four years probably of a flat cap or pretty flat cap cap until the revenue is caught up and the the players are kind of back to that 50-50 and then the cap can go up each year um, as revenue increases. Folks, that is uh, that is Hart Levine from uh, founder of Puckpedia.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Puckpedia. Uh, it's spelled exactly how it sounds. Uh, but Hart, um, you know, in case there's any other social media channels, maybe anywhere you contribute or write or anything like that, or podcasting, anything you do uh, where people can learn more about uh, what you do at Puckpedia, um, you know, go ahead and let our listeners know where they can find you. Great. So the best is to go to the website, and there's a whole section um, called Ask the Capologist. You can see it right at the top there. There's a, 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 some ar- articles posted there of key topics, but then a bunch of other people's questions that they've asked. Um, I post the, the questions and the answers there. So you can search through that and see if maybe your question's already been asked before. But if not, there's a button there to submit it. Um, or on Twitter, you can you know, always re- reply um, or send me a message on Twitter, at Puckpedia. And uh, I'll answer it. And yeah, I do have a podcast that launched a couple months ago called the Show Me the Money Hockey Podcast. Um, and uh, we've had some good guests. We had Brian Burke. We had Bruce Boudreaux. Um, we just published a new episode today, actually, all about this ESPN deal. We had uh, Linda Cohn from ESPN on, and we had Andrew Marshawn from the New York Post, who's a big sports media reporter. Um, so, um, and, we, and we definitely answer questions uh, from people um, on there, too. So yeah, Submit the question through the website or on Twitter, and happy to uh, answer it. Thanks a lot for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. What was the name of that podcast one more time? Show Me the Money Hockey Podcast. That's perfect. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Beautiful. (laughs) Original. That's great. Hart, thank you very much. This was uh, this was very cool of you to join us. We really appreciate you coming on and informing Blues fans all things LTIR and the cap. Very much appreciated. My pleasure. Thanks again. I'm telling you, you better be prepared because when I yank it out, everybody in that audience, with the exception of my wife, is going to be running for the exits. Get prepared for St. Patrick's Day with Manscaped if you're going to get a little lucky. Manscaped is the global leader for blow-the-waist grooming and an official sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. You and your partner will get lucky, all right. Their lawnmower 3.0 will showcase your pot of gold like no other. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. To ensure you have the best tools for your family jewels, visit manscaped.com and use promo code LGB for 20% off and free international shipping. Also, every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. There's gold at the end of the rainbow with Manscaped. It's a hard life picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, uh, March 17th, 2020 is today's date. March 17th, 2012, Jaden Schwartz made his NHL debut and scored his first goal on his first shot. Schwartz was the second youngest Blues player to score in uh, his NHL debut. Uh, St. Louis Blues clinched a playoff spot in this game and hit the 100-point uh, mark. And we got the Who was the first player to score in his Blues debut? Uh, oh, oh, uh, 1967, uh, probably uh, uh, who, who scored in the first game. I actually, I actually know this bit of trivia. 
I'm guessing Bill. You have a, you have a guess? Well, it was I, not 1967. Well, sure it is. I mean, th- we scored a goal in the first well, Blues game. It's not his NHL debut. Oh, I thought that's what I meant. His Blues debut. Okay. His NHL yeah, debut. As Peter Sena. Peter Sena against Patrick Waugh. I remember that. On Patrick Waugh. Yep. Uh, March 17, 2015, Brian Elliott broke the St. Louis Blues franchise shutout record with his 21st passing uh, Yarrow Halak in the Blues' 4 nothing win over the Calgary Flames. Um, March 17, 1990, Brett Hall broke the Blues' season record with his 108th point, and uh, Adam Oates broke the Blues' season record with assists with his 70, 74th. Bernie Ferrico was on hand with the Red Wings to see both of his records broke in this game, which is just, he didn't want to go to Detroit and he had to watch some records of his being broken while he was here uh, visiting with the Red Wings. That's got to be adding insult to injury. Uh, March 17th, 1991, which is fitting for today. Uh, we've got a, we got a problem in front of the Hawks bench. Fantastic call. Uh, 20 years ago today, it was the St. Patrick's Day massacre between the Blues and the Blackhawks in Chicago. Combined for 278 penalty minutes, 12 majors, 13 game misconducts. Dave Manson and Scott Stevens squared off during the brawl. Kelly Chase received a 10-game suspension for leaving the bench. Um, I remember I was I, I remember this game, watching this game uh, live in the in the heyday of the Blues and Hawks rivalry. Uh, oh, Nelly was that amazing, and I was so disappointed to see uh, Stevens lose that fight with Manson. Can, can I add, I think that uh, I might be wrong here, and I, I really wish my dad was still around to, to answer this question, but I, I believe this was the game that really got me into hockey. Uh-huh. Like, I believe this was the game that I watched where I'm like, okay, hockey is way cooler than baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, March 17th, 2021. So congrats, which is today, uh, which 2,000 games ago today, I guess that's not today in Blues history, but 2,000 games ago today, Ray Barilli uh, was behind the bench for his first, worked his first initial game as a Blues uh, equipment uh, trainer. Um, So uh, after tonight's game, he'll have uh, been behind the bench for 2,000 NHL games, all with the Blues. So that's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Him and Tom Calhoun and uh, what uh, uh, Bobby Plager, two uh, NHL uh, institutions, really. Yeah, and uh, let's not forget um, Mr. Uh, Tom. Yeah, you said Tom Calhoun. Let's not forget that he's at. I mean, what number is he at now? I don't even know. He's he's up there. Um, I'm guessing he counts the bubble games because he was still making the calls on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, I you would think so. Yeah. Well, let's count him. I mean, that's, that's not his fault. I think it is, for sure. He still did his job. Sure, 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 sure. Hey, guys, it's Jeff. I'm constantly finding myself grinding away in the corners with weight loss or muscle gain. Whenever I asked the experts for help, it was never anything feasible for my lifestyle. I spoke with my friend Dustin over at rockinthatidlife.com, and he explained that there's something known as active fat, which is fat stored in our abdomen that influences hormonal functionality. Because it's in the abdomen, it's close to vital organs. Don't you want something that'll be your third man in? 
RockinThatIDLife.com offers Slim Plus, which helps remove stored fat and burn it as energy. Slim Plus also includes alpha lipoic acids, which functions as the team bus, transporting nutrients where they need to be stored within your body. This will assist with energy and improve your overall mood. So whether you're looking to put on muscle or lose weight, Slim Plus has your back. Find out more at RockinThatIDLife.com. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. And tell them Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. Bennington's new six-year, $6 million contract, $6 million per, so six years, uh, $36 million total uh, contract. It'll be 28 next season when it kicks in. It'll be 34 when it's over. Uh, the structure is uh, in each year $4 million, $6 million, $7.5 million, $7.5 million, and $4.5 million. Comparable goalie salaries are uh, Gibson at $5.4 million, Hellebuck uh, $6.16, Markstrom $6 million, Schneider $6 million, Quick $5.8 million. So uh, your and your thoughts on on this uh, contract, guys? There's been uh, yeah some some positive, some negative, uh, some like it, some don't. Uh, what do you guys think? Man, I just I just got to say here, and again, I know that I've kind of been the Bennington fanboy, I guess, just because he's, I think, been great. Um, you know, obviously 2019, he was something ridiculous, but uh, we've talked on this show. I think he was still good enough last year to be a top 15 starter in the NHL, maybe even top 10. Um, and then this year, I think he's been fine. He's had a couple of rough games, but that's it. But looking at the comparable contracts, you mentioned the names, and that's the names that everybody's going with. Gibson, Hellebuck, Markstrom, Schneider, Quick. Um, let's see. Outside of Quick, who is on the latter half of his contract, any Stanley Cup goaltenders in there, guys? Not a one. Not one. Not a one. And the fact that and, – and he even said that this was a hometown discount, and, and I love that. I think it's real. I think if he hits the open market, I think – Maybe he doesn't get a much bigger deal just because of the times we're in. But I think if you were to remove COVID from the equation, I think he would go get $7 million out on the open market. And I think this is a great deal for him, for the Blues. I think this is an excellent deal. Um, and I think anybody who is upset with this, for some reason, just has a vendetta against Jordan Bennington or doesn't understand goaltending and how it works in the NHL. And I hate to say that because I hate to be like, Mr. Well, you don't understand hockey. So why am I listening to your opinion? But like, let's be honest here. St. Louis does not understand goaltending as a whole. How many goalies have been run out of town because the fans, for whatever reason, just were not a fan of that person. And, and, you know, sans Curtis Joseph, because that was all Keenan, but I just Elliot was one of those guys, I think. And and you know, Elliot, best numbers for a St. Louis Blues goaltender. We've talked about it on the show too. So I'll 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 let you guys speak to this as well. I'm gonna shut up here for a second because I know you guys have a lot to say about it, but this is an excellent deal. Don't let anybody tell you differently if you're on the fence. This is a great deal for the Blues and for Biddington. And fans honestly should be happy to have their Stanley Cup winning goaltender, all star goalie. Uh, back for $6 million a year. And let's not shy away at the fact that next year, a year where they're not expecting to make a lot of money again, he's only making $4 million. So that's huge for the organization. Uh, yeah. Bill. Yeah. 
Um, you know, looking at at the you know the guys that we have on the list, I mean, it's kind of all over the board. Uh, I mean, I think one of the guys that at this point, as far as success goes, um, Stanley Cup aside, or you know, maybe not success, but the the comparable numbers, it's John Gibson. Um, I think they they are are very close. Gibson makes five point four. I mean, Corey Schneider making six million. That's pretty ugly, um, considering he's what now backup for the Islanders at best. Um, but really, I thought the benchmark was set with uh, Markstrom's deal this off season, and you know. I, I, to your point, Jeff, about you know if if he hits the open market in a non-COVID year, um, he's getting seven million. I I think Markstrom would have made seven or eight, you know, in a non-COVID year, uh, but nobody's nobody's got the money to spend, um, so it, it didn't go up. Um, you know that his, his salary didn't go any higher than that. Um, I think. Overall, this is a great deal. The way they structured it, absolutely great. You know, like you said, next year when uh, the revenues are just going to start creeping back up, it's four and a half. You get back, you know, assuming we get back to normal and, you know, the, the league uh, can, can you know, get back to where it was as far as filling buildings, it's, we are, we're going to be in a, a great spot in a couple of years. I, I'd like to ask people who are not happy with this trade uh and we're like oh the blues should have offered him they they, he, they should have signed him for less they should have demanded he take less or fewer years or less money per um he's not taken that he already took less um and six years is not an eternity he wasn't demanding eight which they which he, which the blues could the most they could have gone was eight um so what 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 in your mind if you want okay so if he doesn't take that and he walks then what do the blues do who are they going to sign who, who are they going to get they gonna, i mean they have nobody they have nobody ready in the organization to take over the number one not even close um they'd have to go sign somebody trade for somebody uh it, it'd be a shit show and we'd be right back where we were before we had bennington we'd be uh a, 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 a question mark in net every uh every year like, who's gonna play this year so no uh this this is a this is a good deal six years may seem like a long time but he's 34 when it's over we've got him for his prime years uh you know maybe the last year or so he's not as good uh or maybe a couple that but i mean he won us a fucking stanley cup i mean you just, I, I, yes yes we are paying for that uh we're paying for a good goalie too right now but somebody made a comment and said that, uh, oh, well, it looks like we're paying for the Stanley Cup now. I was like, yeah, you're fucking damn right we are paying for the Stanley Cup. We should be paying for the Stanley Cup. Why not? So, I, that, right. Unfortunately, that's how a lot of sports work. It's You do pay for what have you already given me. When, when, that's just how it works. If you're not going to pay, quote, quote, for a Stanley Cup, what are you going to pay for? I mean, well, how long do we go without ever getting a sniff, even a sniff with these great teams we've had over the past God knows how many years. Great teams. Stanley Cup caliber mm-hmm. teams. Oh, we should we should be a contender this year. Don't even come close in the playoffs. First or second round gone every year. And now we finally get there. A goalie puts this team on his fucking back and takes us there and wins a cup, which everybody's screaming for. Everybody's like, one cup before I die. Who you know, uh, whoever's the coach, whoever's the goalie, whoever's the captain, sign him for life. What happened to that attitude? 
I mean, for you people who are against it. I, mean, I think most people are in favor well, of this. Well, it, no, I agree 100%. I think it is, I think it's an 80 20 situation, but that 20 can just be loud and obnoxious. And I think that you look at the, 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 uh, yeah, you, you mentioned signing a guy, you know, for a lifetime. That's what we were saying for back in the day, you know, and, and then I want to say like, well, it's a recency bias, but is it? Because again, he still played great. I think he's been fine. He's he's not posting 2019 numbers, but I think who the hell expected him to put those numbers up consistently? Those were insane numbers. So the fact that he's still a top 10 goalie, in my opinion, that's all you need. If you have a well-oiled machine of a team with the Blues as they are, as a as a healthy team, I think that's all you can ask for. Let's not forget, too, that, that goaltending, anybody who knows goaltending will tell you and pays attention to goaltending league-wide will tell you that it can be crazy up and down from goalie to goalie every year. Uh, a guy can have a Vesna season one season and, ha- and, and have, a, have a poor season the next one and then, and then play very well the season after that. It, it, is, it is so much goes into goaltending. It can be up and down. It can be very fickle. Uh, the team in front of him plays a huge role. So... You know, people who are saying, oh, he's not playing like he did, you know, in the second half of 19 when we won the cup. Yeah, well, he's never going to play that way good again. No one is. Um, but he's been he's been good. He, and he's been good enough since. Right. I'm fine with it. And, you know, I, I, I think there's also still room for him to grow, right, in, in giving him a six-year contract and not front-loading it with a ton of money saying we demand results right away. Uh, recognize that he does have room to grow. Right. He, he's had two playoffs, one that, you know, obviously we ran the table on the cup um, with uh, some amazing performances. And then last year, you know, the the team's uninspired bubble play. You know, I, I don't think that's reflective. Give me a healthy team in a more normal playoff environment and give me Jordan Bennington in net. And I think we've got a shot every time. Uh, we're coming off the most successful six-game road trip in – well, we were coming off the most successful six-game road trip in team history. Uh, points in all six road games uh, before the last couple, before the last one, I guess. Uh, wins versus San Jose, Anaheim, Anaheim, L.A., OTLs versus L.A. and San Jose. And then we came home and got an OTL versus Vegas, and we're like, okay, you know, we got points in, in, a, in a lot of games, and we just you know overtime lost to Vegas, which sucked, but, you know, okay, we got a point. Uh, but then we lost five to one in the next game versus Vegas. And now all of a sudden we're losers of four straight, uh, how quickly things turn. Something I want to say, and, and, you know, okay, you know what? I want to talk about goaltending. So, um, we'll, we can push that aside for a second. If you guys want to talk about the road trip, but I just want to say real quick thoughts on that, that, uh, I thought they played fine all throughout. Now, listen, I know you look at it and you say San Jose, Anaheim, Anaheim, LA, these are teams the Blues should be dominating. They're an injury-plagued team. At this point, yes, you still have a decent top six. You got Tarasenko back in the middle of that trip. Uh, the defense has, has been better. Uh, goaltending's been fine. But at the end of the day, you have a ton of injuries to big guys in your lineup, guys that, that contribute, whether on the scoreboard or in other ways, and they were still able to to get points in every game. I think that is quite the accomplishment and something that was a, a little overlooked by Blues fans after they saw the OTLs. 
go back to the, uh, you know, if you go and you watch what the the Blues propaganda machine was saying, you know, uh, towards the end of that uh, that trip, and then you know the the games against Vegas is just stay afloat, stay afloat. That's that was the message: stay afloat, stay competitive, and uh, you know. It, it, the game against Vegas, the five-one loss, I think was where the air kind of came out of it. So I'm, I'll be really interested to see how they respond tonight. Um, you know, couple, you know, getting a, a shot in the arm, you know, with uh, Bozy coming back, um, you know, and some other good uh, upcoming injury news. But I really, you know, I, I think they they were playing fine. They were battling every night but that game again that last game against vegas just really felt like you know tires coming off uh yeah um i uh, i was laughing at the uh, comment in the youtube chat uh chris bray who was a participant in the uh trivia that we had a while back um finished second um and he goes uh, hey kurt and i said yeah hey chris or should i call you second place <laughs> Hey, let's let's add real quick a longtime listener who we haven't heard from in a while, Bob Rakowski, in the uh, the YouTube chat. I'm hoping you've been uh, healthy and safe, my friend Bob. It's been a while since we heard from you. I always think of uh, uh, you. Pay. I always think of uh, uh, Monsters Inc. Mike Wazowski. Yeah. Mike Wazowski, yep. Uh, you pay for a player's past performance no matter what. How many other players have they signed for more money because they had won a cup elsewhere? And uh, I think that's a very good point from Bob yeah. talking about the Bennington contract. I mean, that's that's a I, I, I don't know what people want. I, I mean, it's like it's like it was like they they, they, they what's the cartoon character? Uh, the hug him, and squeeze him, and, and they just strangle him to death. The Bugs Bunny character. But yeah, you, you oh, yeah. they they love this team so much, and then they just want to blow it up and tear it apart. Oh, we can't sign him for that. Why? What? Why? We, who do we have to replace him? We don't have some stud NHL blue chipper uh, uh, backup waiting in the wings. If we did, I could maybe see that where you just yeah, the argument. But even then, you know, Bennington won. You wake up. It's a big deal. You pay for it. Right. Yep. And and it's going to get you know two years from now. Right when when he's making that seven and a half per, yeah, that's that's, that's when the bitchin's really gonna start. <laughs> and I, I thought about that. Yep, and we'll be talking about that uh, if he has a bad streak or a really bad start of the season. Oh man, we're paying seven million. This contract sucks. Told you so. No, 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 because we want a cup. It doesn't matter. We want a cup. Yep, I agree. That's the ultimate goal, and they did it. Um, so while we're on, we didn't sign everybody. We didn't sign like fourteen guys at like crazy contracts, and now we're and we're we're stuck. It's it's one contract. Yep. Um, so while we're on goaltending, guys, uh, this is something we talked about last week, kind of an exhaustion a little. Um, the Vegas series because in San Jose, Billy Huso got the start on uh, Monday or Tuesday, whatever night that was. And I said the reason was, was because you're going to see Bennington back-to-back against Vegas. And he got the start on Friday. Huso got the start on Saturday. I'm mad about that. That, Listen, I I have sung Craig Berube's praises. I have defended him every bit of the way uh, this year with with the, the very minor, very minor minority of people saying, uh, that he should be fired because of this year. That's a, um, a dumb thing to say. It's stupid. But I will say, that is the first time where I full-out took issue with the decision from Craig Ruby. 
Why, why not go Bennington back to back? We saw Mark Andre Fleury, who, by the way, was on the COVID uh, 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 protocol, whatever it's called, where he wasn't able to practice the team for like two days, and then he got to start on Friday. He got to start on Saturday too. Why not? Why not Bennington? Right, guys. <laughs> I mean, Let's bring I, it back. Yeah, Fleury. I, I did not. I did not understand that yeah. move at all. I I am all for giving a rookie confidence when you can, but that was Bennington's net Friday and Saturday to me. Flurry started. Yeah, okay. abs. Right. No, that absolutely couldn't couldn't agree with you guys more. Um, you know, it, it, this is the 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 biggest head scratching moment, uh, especially especially in such an unpredictable season. You don't, you know, you you have those back to back games after you haven't run Bennington out there, and you know, I hope it's not some kind of head games with you still got to earn it, even though you got the contract. I hope it's not something stupid like that, but. I mean, obviously, you can't predict that the first game in the King series is going to get, you know, canceled because, you know, a blizzard in Denver. But you have to think that out of any year, this is going to be the most unpredictable. So, you know, I I, I would love to know why why didn't he uh, put Bennington in the back to back. I mean, and, and that's, you know, nobody's, nobody's going to push that question uh, to get an answer. Cause that just doesn't happen in St. Louis. Um, he, but yeah, you know, this, this, this was not a game against Anaheim or San Jose or teams that aren't, you know, they're not as good. Uh, this was a battle for first place in the division. We're midway through the season. And, in the second game of a back-to-back where you start you, where you lose the first game in overtime and you really do want to win this next game and also because you've played more games teams around you you need points because we're in fourth place now in the division and because teams are winning their games in hand uh this game was for first place you go with the guy you go with your stud number 1 you go with the you're 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 you go with your guys you go with your best lineup in both these games, I don't care if it's back to back. It's it's. It, I agree with you guys completely. I, I don't. It. I was after the loss in the first game. I thought you put Bennington right back in there, back to back. Let's go. And yep. Huso starts, and first shot of the game goes in on him. I was like motherfucker. And then yeah. Then he played. He played pretty well after that. He. I mean, no more goals allowed until the third. We couldn't score in that game. We out. We outshot. Uh, Vegas got outplayed, but we outshot them, which was weird. Uh, but I, yeah, and then and then the wheels came off the cart in the four, in the third, which we allowed four goals in the third, which was just not good. They're buried, but yeah. Anyway, you, I, I don't care. You you start. I don't know who. This has to be like ninety nine percent consensus amongst Blues Nation to have started Bennington in that game. And anytime you get, I'm gonna guess that was. And I'm gonna guess anytime you get ninety nine percent consensus. With Blues fans on anything, that's the right call because Blues fans don't agree on shit. It's always like there's always a, there's always like you said there's like twenty percent at least stupid comments about stuff or bad takes on things or bad stances. But I can't imagine anybody wanting to start Huso in that second game. Not a single person. Uh, so I guess uh, this comes back to: Are we playing good or bad? We had that nice streak where I guess we're feeling pretty good about ourselves with the makeshift lineup, all the injuries. But now we've lost four in a row. 
three are in overtime, so we got points there. But that bad loss, the five to one loss, just last game we talked about. So, are are you guys frustrated with this team? Are you taking it? You're taking into consideration the injuries, I know. But does that factor into your frustration? Does that temper your frustrations? It tempers mine. Uh, I get frustrated, and, uh, I'm, I'm, and I have to remind myself: Oh, we are dealing with some key injuries. That plays a factor. I'll say that that on Saturday I was pretty upset. Um, and 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 honestly, I think for me, I was trying to like you know think about it the next day. I went out to center ice uh, for the game first time I have this year. And my wife and I, you know, had a great time there. Great bartenders, great time, uh, by the way. But um, you want to win, you know. I mean, we we haven't been out to see a Blues game in over a year. So that was part of it, I think, for me. Um, but at the same time, um, I was upset, too, I think, because now the streak's not going to go on forever. It's just not going to happen. But... Vegas finally getting their their regulation win against the Blues in such a dominating fashion. That sucked. You, you know, you don't want to see that. Um, but I'll say, I you know, I thought they played fine Friday night. Vegas just pushed really hard and came back in that game and, and just would not let the Blues take a stranglehold on the game. Vegas is a good fucking hockey team. That's going to happen. Uh, but I I would say overall... I think um, I, I think this team has looked fine. I'm excited to see the way they're going to come out tonight. Uh, I think that uh, with uh, with Bennington back in net and with uh, this team losing so badly at home to the Golden Knights, going 0-1-1 against them, I think we're going to see a strong showing tonight. I just think, and with Bozak coming back too, that's going to give a big give a big push to this team. Um, I, I'm not too concerned at this point. We'll see how they play later tonight. Centerize Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centerizebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. Uh, so, uh, the Kings tonight. Um... The uh, Monday's game versus LA, LA was postponed. Uh, they couldn't get out of Colorado after their uh, game on Sunday due to heavy snow. Bennington's in net tonight. Uh, Quick was activated off IR, but uh, Peterson is is slated to be in net. You guys hear that too? With Peterson as net for LA, that's what I heard. Yeah, but he he always plays well against us. Yeah, he's, he's yeah he does. He's one one and one with a two point three four GAA and a nine twenty save percentage against the Blues this season. So he's he's played well. Uh, Kings are coming off back to back losses to Colorado two nothing and four to one. Tonight is the return of Tyler Bozak uh, versus the versus the Kings. He said uh, uh, he has moved on from the stone hit, uh, and that's what he has to say. The fans have not, and they don't have to, and they shouldn't. 
Um, it's a shame that the <laughs> fans are not in the building uh, to pack the place when the uh, Knights visit so they can boo the shit out of that guy uh, every time he touches the puck because he deserves it. Uh, Kings and Blues, the standings. Uh, Kings trail the Blues by five points with one game in hand on St. Louis. So a regulation win tonight would make it a seven-point lead in the standings versus a three-point lead with a regulation loss. So this is a big game tonight. This, I mean, it's midway through the season. Uh, you're you're playing inconsistent hockey. You've got a makeshift lineup. Uh, beating the teams that are below you in the standings, create some separation, would be fantastic. Uh, seven-point lead, that's that's comfortable for a while. So uh, they wouldn't they'd be okay for a while with that with that kind of a lead. Uh, how the Blues have played versus the Kings to date this season, not good enough. Six games played, they're two, three, and one. Five points gained, uh, four seventeen win percentage. Fourteen goals for, nineteen goals against. Two point three three goals for, three point one seven goals against. Power plays at twenty one percent. Penalty kills at seventy three point seven. So uh, both of those need to be better. Uh, Bennington versus LA this year is one two one with a two point five seven GAA and a nine oh seven save percentage. Not terrible, not great. Uh, be nice. If no could, goal support. No goal support. It'd be nice if he could. It'd be. Oh man, how nice would it be if Bennington threw up a, a big fat goose egg and played really well tonight? That'd be that'd be just refreshing. It'd be nice. So that's the thing, Bennington. Like that. That was the one point I was going to make earlier about him. Is as great as he plays and stretches. He just he doesn't he doesn't so far have the uh, you know the acumen to to pitch a lot of shutouts. That's true. That's, except for his first season here, nineteen had a hundred. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not Since then, no. no, not so much. No, but in his defense, and this is the whole this is the whole uh, Allen debate whether he's playing poorly or not as well as he should or could, uh, or it's the team in front of him. You know so. Uh, he, he has not had the best support in front of him, uh, truthfully. And, hey, I want to add real quick, any, anybody listening who's interested in joining us on uh, Discord later, which I'm, I'm not going to be on right away, but I will be joining later in the game. Uh, Austin Lynch says he's going to be streaming the Blues and Kings game in Discord. Come chill out and watch the game tonight and chat with us. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and if we're not in there, just kind of gather amongst yourselves. If you, a handful of folks want to go in there and just gather and start – Talking hockey or whatever, we'll uh, we'll be in eventually. Some of us will. The Kings uh, versus the Blues this year are four one and one, which is hella impressive for them. Three point one seven goals four per game, two point three three goals against, um, and a power play of twenty six point three percent, which is good, and a penalty kill of seventy eight point six percent, which is not great, but it's is it better than ours? It's better than ours, right? Yeah, a little better than ours. So we'll see. Special teams uh, always important. Uh, got Bozak back tonight, which is fantastic. Uh, Schwartz to return on Friday. Uh, Thomas is possibly, yeah, possibly, but that's the rumor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thomas is skating, so that's good news. Uh, granted, it was his thumb that's hurt, so it, <laughs> right. I was gonna say, yeah, you could skate with your thumbs hurt, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's what, what could you do when you come back, right? I got My it. question is, is, is he doing any thumb wars? That is how no. we'll find out if he's okay. I'm guessing I, mm. no thumb wars allowed. That can't be right. Mm. Can't be thumb warring. That's that's the opposite. Of what should be doing? There you go. Yeah. Uh, and Costin is apparently okay. The injury that he suffered uh, a couple weeks ago that we talked about um, was uh, just a minor ribcage injury, which looked like a bad shoulder injury at the time. 
So that's fantastic news. Um, and it's weird how news just doesn't trickle out of Russia like you, it does here. Like, yeah. as soon as Kostin got hurt, if he played here, we'd want to know. It'd be all over the news. And, and But we didn't hear Jack squat about it until JR said uh, about the it was just a ribcage injury today. So, yeah, he, he interviewed Bob Hartley, the, his yeah. head coach. Yeah. Yeah, and and Bob Hartley was like, "Oh no, it's just a ribcage injury. It's like, fine." That, this is information that fans kind of want to know. Uh, why would this was yeah. not released as soon as? It's like, uh, whatever. Um, so he's okay. That's good because he had shoulder injuries in the past. So when he hurt his shoulder again, I'm like, "Oh God, no! It's Tarasenko 2.0 with the injuries in the shoulders." So that's that's good. Uh, and Pareko, uh, not so good news with him so much. He went uh, from IR to LTIR, which is not surprising to free up space for Bozak uh, cap-wise. But rumor has it he has a bulging disc in his back. So if that's the case, um, then he's going to be out for a while. Um, and if he has surgery, which that may put him out for the season. So we shall we shall see. And Which, which makes the Petrangelo exit all the more painful because Pareko was supposed to step in and be that number one guy and now he's hurt so now we're down Petrangelo and Pareko from the D and we've had a crew but ugh, God it really makes you wish that that because you know we talked about that on the show he did not look right no, all season yep. it makes you wish that there would have been deeper looks into okay it's January it's training camp you know things don't look right Let's get him. Let's let's get him right now, and that way he's ready for March or April. We were and uh, it's two or three weeks before they actually put him on the. Oh yeah, three weeks before they actually put him on the. Uh, gave him time off. You, to give the Blues some credit, though, you got to think Pareko is just like, oh no, I'm fine. I'll play through it. You know, sure. that's just how hockey players are. Sure, but I mean, you got medical staff there giving recommendations. I mean, they then. And, and and maybe it's a thing where they know that okay, if you know he's not gonna hurt it, let's say anymore, by playing on it. But uh, if he can't play on it anymore, then he's done for the season. So we'll try and see how long he can play. Could have been that kind of a thing too, because they know if he if he's out and has surgery, he's done for the season anyway. Maybe I don't know. Hopefully it's not the case. Hopefully. He doesn't need surgery because if he needs surgery, he should have fucking had it already two weeks ago, month ago. Yeah. But, um, and, uh, the blues game is getting ready to start, uh, real quick on the rapid fire hockey tidbits, the tan of hit on Tenorti, dirty or no boarding, charging clean. What say you guys? I will say that watching, (laughs) watching a full replay, charging, I could see a two minute penalty for charging. Um, at first I said no penalty, I could have seen a two-minute charging, but uh, absolutely not dirty. Uh, absolutely not boarding. I don't care what anybody says. That is not boarding. No, it's not boarding. Uh, clean hit to me, except maybe the fact that he strode across the strode, strided, 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 strayed, no, strided, strided, strided across the ice to make the hit. I could see them calling charging on that. That's it. You know, uh, if the hockey world determined I think uh, mostly blues fans said no but the hockey world pretty much said Krug's hit on Thomas in the final was a was an awesome hit not charging if that's not charging then this isn't fucking charging now I agree with you Jeff I think textbook it's probably charge right you could argue a charge easy 
Uh, but I don't boarding. No, yeah, no way. Uh, they, they, no. And that's what the call was. And people are saying it's a board. It's a board. No, fuck. No, it's not. It's not. You look at the, and they say, if you look at the rule book, it's textbook boarding. No, it ain't because it's defenseless player. He's not defenseless. He saw, he saw Tanev coming. I, I don't, I mean, he just, he chose not to brace himself. I don't think he was expecting to get hit that hard. And, and it was five feet away from the board. It was more than that. It was a big hit, and he flew. It was ten. It's, it's yeah. It's it not ten. even close to boarding. It was no, and, and it's just a situation where he was off balance when he got hit, propelled him into the boards. But the boards were yeah, like ten feet away. It's it's a, I don't know. This is we should we should dedicate next show so we can talk about it from some more. So we got to go. But uh, this this is a fifteen minute long discussion over over what people are saying versus what actually happened. So, uh, Blues and Kings uh, should be puck dropping any second now. If I did, maybe about a minute or two ago. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the best in men's blow the waist grooming products. Get twenty percent off from free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. There's gold at the end of the rainbow with Manscaped, and by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a Health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745. And tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Centerize Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centerizebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. While you're there and enjoying a number of their fantastic beers, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis. It's one of the best places to watch a Blues game. Trust me, we've all been there a lot. We love it. That's CenterizeBrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up season, uh, episode, season, episode 27 of Season 9 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the live chat. Uh, uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Until next time, everyone, for Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Let's go blues let's go blues rangers nine nothing over the flyers by the way that's how we're gonna end the show let's go blues beat the kings nine nothing prediction uh the chiefs are at home tonight against cyanosport at the war memorial at eight good seats are still available i think that went very well thank you for listening to let's go blues radio now take off hosers i want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. Rough and tough and got the stuff to win They'll always get one more No matter what the score They are quite a hockey team, my friends